to another episode of La Ventanita, the Miami Herald Food Podcast. I'm Carlos Frias, the Miami Herald Food Editor, joined every week by, I'm going to get this right, Amy Reyes over there, pointing yep. in the right direction. <laughs> You're pointing in the right direction. <laughs> Stage right, right? Sta- no, I don't know. Stage Stop left. confusing me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like Pierre finally, he like, I don't know, for some reason, for some reason it crystallized when he said, and I'm just going to point opposite to what I see. So yeah, point opposite. I can can see you now. Do what you think is wrong. Exactly. And and that's my whole career. (laughs) That's how I go through life. Do what seems like the most wrong. Yep. And, uh, and you're going to have fun doing some weird stuff there. Seriously though, that, that, that is like the definition of my career. Like I (laughs) Sure, I'm covering sports. Maybe I'll I'll just go write features. Maybe I'll just go be the food editor of the Miami Herald. That that seems like a good career move. Just try all this stuff. Yeah. It makes it fun though. It keeps Dude, you it know spicy. What I, do you know what I have to do today? Tell me. I have to take my fifteen year old to get her, her driver's permit. I'm sorry for your her loss. Learner's, her learner's permit. So that means I will have three teenage drivers. Dude, your insurance yeah. Is going to be like my my insurance already is like $500 a month, dude, that low. Oh my God. How many many cars do you have? Do you have just one? They are knock on wood. They are very good drivers and I am a very good driver. So but wait, how many cars do you have on your plan? I mean, there at least, uh, she's up in college. That's what there's, there's three on my plan right now. Three. Jesus Christ, Carlos, that's that's that low. I have to change I plans then, because if I I pay a mortgage to have three cars on on my insurance plan with a teenage girl, you know, you could save you could save a lot of money by switching to Geico. Oh, that's who I have, and Geico is oh, just like, yeah, you're messing around. No, I, try I, I progressive. I'm gonna I'm gonna shop around because I'm they're tripping. Try progressive. But dude, we um, need to get into it. We need to get into it right at the top. Do we ha- do we have to? The, the yes, vegans? we do. We have to get into it with the vegans. All right. So so I I thought that Annie was not only very honest, uh, Annie Meinhold from Fukia, uh, when she said that the hardest diners that she had to please were the entitled vegans. I think that's the word that's that's the most pointing in that sentence is entitled, right? Because I think you could extrapolate that to any any diner, like the worst diet, like the ones that you hear people complaining about, the ones that give one star reviews, even though everything went fine, but like, you know, like uh, their change See, came listen, back in ones instead we of fives. Her, when we interviewed her last week, I was asking her who the worst kind of diners were, expecting her to say something like New Yorkers, <laughs> right. basic, basic soccer moms from Kendall or like people who come in with babies or people who don't tip well. But she unequivocally and without any pause was just like vegans. Vegans. And honestly, like I, I know people like to hate on vegans. It's kind of a thing to do just because I, I think secretly we all feel kind of like they're probably right in certain degrees. Like, you know, we, we know that to a certain extent, like what they're doing is, is probably the right thing to do. We feel bad because we don't do it. And so I think um, there's is there there's an element. I, no, 100 percent. Yeah. The underlying reason why we are where we make fun of vegans is because they're doing something that we probably should be doing, but just don't want to, you know, like we should probably know. all I, eat more plants yeah, and we but, should probably all eat more, more green stuff. And we should all probably eat less meat, but we don't want to, you know, like that's, that kind of is, is what it boils down to. And we don't want to hear you saying that you're doing it because it makes us feel bad. I, I'm going to disagree with that because I think, I think a lot of it comes from, 
from misplaced self-righteousness. Like, I think that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, well, there's plenty of people who are vegan. Uh, Joan, Joan Crystal's husband who's vegan who will never tell you that. He was just well, like, Well, that's hey, the thing I was going to say. Because, like, I have never in person met a self-righteous vegan that <laughs> said to me stuff that made me feel like, oh, you're trying to make me feel bad for not being on your level. You know what I'm saying? All my vegan friends are super low-key about it. On the internet, though, I feel like oh, yeah. that's where a, a lot of the vegan uh, self-righteousness occurs. And so, I, I don't know, just like in real life, I haven't met too many people who are like, Amy, you really should, you know. Like, the only time I've ever had a vegan tell me that I need to change my lifestyle is when I say to them, milk fucks, uh, milk messes up my stomach. Right. And they're right. like, well, stop drinking it, you know. We'll stop the, drinking it, yeah. But that's not like, go change, you know, go change your entire lifestyle. It's like, stop drinking it. Right. Milk. That's and 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 I I very much am like you know your body is an omniva is an omnivorous vehicle like it's mm-hmm. designed it's been designed over over uh, uh, centuries millennia to eat the way that it eats and it's like if we were meant to eat just meat we'd have big dog canines you know right. or we'd right. have big we'd have big flat teeth or to munch on plants and long digestive tract like like uh, gorillas you know. But we're not we're not built like that. Like we're built to be omnivorous. And I agree, like, like you should not be eating red meat. And I don't like the amount of red meat that comes into my house is like maybe we do hamburgers once a month. That might be the amount of red meat, like some fresh market burgers or something like that. But um but I think it's the whole like it's like the recently converted religious. Like, yeah. Like you're like the, you found the extra gung ho. Yeah. You found this new exciting thing and it's like that's that you gotta it's like you can't rest, like it's part of your it's part of your now your 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 um your, your guidance. Like your gui- no, but your guidance to proselytize and to convert. And it's like I don't know. Well, I think- honestly, like I have to say, like I, I do, I do see that the the I, I do see that the the self righteousness is there. But honestly, most people who I know who are vegans have done it because of some health related issue. Like you, you know, it's usually right. some some kind of like digestive problem or some kind of like just ongoing autoimmune things that they think they can help through their diet. But anyway, I think what we should do is we should show the full clip of, of, right. of her explaining the reason why she felt this way, because the truth of the matter is that she's face to face with diners every day. And she knows what it is that, um, that, that people come in and ask for. And I think that, um, yeah, this I is also, what she sees. She's not, she's not making this up out of the clear blue. Yeah, this no, is her experience. I, it's like, you it, know, this is her 10 years as a, as a restaurateur, you know? All right, Pierre, put put her full clip so we can so we can see what Ani had to say about vegans last week. Give me the profile of like the worst kind of diner to walk into a door in in a vegans. Yes, <laughs> somewhere somewhere Anthony Bourdain is clapping right now. I don't even like have a question for that vegans wow. because vegans does vegans think that just because they're vegan. They deserve to have a space at the table. Right. Like everywhere they go, where's your vegan part of your menu? Correct. It's not. not, Houston's, where's your, you know? Yeah. Longhorn? Why? Yeah. Like they're not, they're not, they're not asking to be part of the table. They're not requesting something. They're just demand. They're, they're, they feel entitled enough to demand their taste profile Anywhere they go, whether or not it suits them, whether or not it fits them. And you know what? At the end of the day, at Fukia, we have tons of vegan options. We really do. We have tons of items that are modifiable to be veganized as well. 
but still like because we're not the conventional restaurant we're not a three meal restaurant we just do what we do because we feel like it so the vegan dishes that we make are based on what we feel like making if they don't suit your taste do yourself a favor call the restaurant, go online, send an email and do your due diligence. I don't think that just because we don't have a veggie curry as an entree portion plate, because you want to pay $15 for dinner is not, is not reason enough to like, you know, slap me in the face for not being a vegan restaurant. Okay. So that she, let's, 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 uh, let's, uh, uh, break that down. Deconstruct it. She has had, she's had experiences with, 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 this problem right you know and it, it seems kind of like i remember when i was watching that movie um what was it chef where he got real real pissy because people were trying to alter his menu yeah i don't i think it was somebody somebody tried to do something to his menu but i i guess for a lot of you know a lot of chefs they a lot of chefs get mad in general when you try to modify their menu at all right and so for her it, it's it she finds it annoying that people try to um modify her menu in order to accommodate their um their dietary needs i've been to places where like out the gate they're like do you have any food allergies do you have any like you know this or that and and you know that's that's them being like okay we want to make sure we don't poison you and kill you but like um i think trying to turn their their dishes from a, a the dish that they prepare into a vegan dish if it's not something that they can do I, I I guess that bothers her. Yeah, and and you know, <clears throat> I, I also get this part of it where I've seen often where people say, you know, that's a really, you know, that's a really close-minded view. Uh, if you don't offer vegan, you know, if you don't embrace, you know, vegan diners, forget if your restaurant is built for that, uh, you're you're missing out on a part of the market. And they set it up as if they're trying to be helpful to you, like, oh, you're missing out on this, and really they're being selfish. Like, I know something that you don't, you know, and it's like. Um, and I just find that a little bit condescending. Like, I feel like well, I think, if I have a very specific dining right. like, re- requirement, I, I'm i going to be on the front end. Like, if I know I'm going to dinner with someone who has a gluten intolerance, a buddy of mine is actually celiac. He can't have beer or he'll, like, not die, but we'll have to rush him to the his hospital. Stomach will be, his stomach will be a situation. Right. But they make gluten-free beers and stuff like that. So, or like, wheat beers or things like that. Like, I'll, so or not wheat beers, but stuff that is not, uh, that doesn't have gluten in it. And we'll go out of our way to try to find a place that does that. I don't expect to show up at a place and like, hey, they have a thing that's for for my palate. So I, I don't know. I feel like that that, and then going on Yelp and then hitting them with one star, like everything was great, or we ended up not, or we ended up not eating here. But you know, we gave it one mm-hmm. star, but we ended up not eating here because they didn't have anything yeah. on the menu. And it's like you could have done that on the front end uh, and save them. Uh, saving that well, we posted we posted the little clip of her saying that on Reels, and we got a lot of feedback from the vegan community. And one of the comments that I thought was um, one of the comments that I thought was probably like the most um, the wisest was somebody tagged. Um, oh, what's it called? The the place we went yesterday, vegan Cuban. Vegan Cuban cuisine, right? Vegan Cuban cuisine. Somebody tagged her, and instead of writing some like ragey, like angry response about how how dopey it is to to exclude vegan, she basically just said, "This is why I opened my own restaurant because right. she wanted because she she wanted to create a plight. You know, I guess she wanted to create a space where vegans don't have to ask for accommodations; they can feel like they're being attended to in the way that you know that they deserve. And so, I think I think that is a, a a more positive attitude to have towards it rather than the like tagging 
Tabitha Brown, like, look at, look at this vegan hater, you know, like, look right. at how, look at how she, she doesn't want to give them a place at the table. And I, I don't think that she meant it in a, you know, I think she meant it out of frustration. Like she's obviously yeah. had uh, run-ins with vegans who were whatever it is she described. And, you know, you can't. And there's, there's things that like, I, I frankly like to eat as vegetarian as possible as little animal fat, especially saturated animal fat. I also like electric cars. Like, you know, my, my partner has one. Uh, but like the the loud extremism on all those things makes you want to hate it because like <laughs> like anything, like anything, you know, like if you're into a religion and that kind of thing. But always it's always the it's always the loud ones that ruin it for everybody. You well, know, yeah, like, I think you just got to filter like, through that. You got to filter through that because I think at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is everybody knows that you should eat more like vegans eat anyway. Yeah. Like it's just healthier for you. We there all know be, that. There should, there should, well, let's, let's also be clear about what we're talking about, right? Like you should be eating more plant material and not as much of it as Michael Pollan used to say, you know, eat real food, mostly plants, not too much. Yeah. Um, and, but, but there is like, there's a lot of vegan food that is not good for you. I don't, you know, oh, yeah, just, for sure. it's in the I've category. Had, a- Amy, Oreos are vegan. You know what I mean? Dude, I've had, I've had vegan cupcakes that send me, Derecho al baño. I'm yeah, saying well, like that right. cannot be good. <laughs> like no. straight to the bathroom. Because but because butter is is like a night. It's an it's ingredient that makes that gives uh, that has a certain flavor profile. So when you cut out butter, what are you going to use? You use like vegetable shortening, you know, or yeah. oil. And if like that food done right, especially those desserts, it can be just really heavy with oils. You know, like that. Yeah. That could be what it falls back on. So. It's I, I definitely come down on the side of like moderation. Uh, yeah, yeah, like like eat everything in moderation, you know, and, and there's some things that, you know, eat less or or none of or very infrequently, you know, like like Ben Franklin used to say that meat should be treated as a condiment. And hmm. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I never I never I try not to cook meat at my house. I like treat meat like a go out and do this type of activity because there's so many people who can cook it so much better than me. Like, why would I waste my time and money? You know, steaks are expensive at Publix these days. So, like, I'd rather just go pay somebody, like, who's a professional, do it the right way, and then I can have my beef. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I will say I love making a steak at home. Like, I Oh, love well, you know how to do it. I'm, I'm just not good at it. Well, you just got to get good at it, man. Follow directions. No, man. Follow directions. No, man, I'll outsource that. Outsource it to the proper channel. Somebody else can make it for me, and I'll eat it. There's there's this guy. Um, He's a, he's a really smart – he's, like, scientist slash – uh, food writer uh, Kenji Lopez Alt, and he has this great like. If you go online, if you Google his name Kenji and reverse sear, like how to how to cook a steak with a reverse sear, uh, it's like the most delicious way to cook a steak that I have ever made. Like at home, I think it's fantastic. Where you like, um, where you you basically bake the steak. You you put it on a, on a rack and you and you bake it. At a very low temperature, it's almost like barbecue. You cook it very slowly over a certain period, and then you finish it in a hot pan with butter. Oh, uh, and see, then, I do the opposite. I I right. sear it and uh, then right. I stick it in the oven. It's kind of the same thing, but so reverse sear is like doing those exact steps, but opposite. So you cook it oh. nice and close, so it's like perfect temperature. You put a you put a probe in, and I got one of those little cheap probes that you you put a probe into the steak. And then the the little meter sits outside, and when it gets it to an internal temperature just below where you want it, you take it out, 
And then with and then finishes, you pan fry it. And then you you pan sear with just butter, like in a, in like a raging hot pan. Like it's best if it's one of those that doesn't have nonstick because nonstick is bad if you heat it up over a certain mm-hmm. temperature. It starts to release the nonstick. Um, and uh, and then that steak is so like the outside has such a perfect caramelized crust, you know. Well, and see now I know where I can outsource my next steak. You can make make me a sandwich, <laughs> and you can make me a steak. <laughs> oh, my sandwich! I'm so eager for my sandwich press, and I I'm getting like those. Uh, it's funny because you know I listen to car podcasts, and mm-hmm. there are guys like on those podcasts that have like classic cars, like antique cars, or and they always have a guy that they work with. And the guy is always brilliant, does a great job, and is terrible about timing. Like oh. almost almost like real artists, like in the sense that they do things on their own, you know, on the lunar calendar of their own cycles, you know? Right. And uh, and that's how I feel about my planchita. Like I know that when it comes back, it's going to be it's amazing. It's going to be amazing. But like weeks ago, but like a week ago by, I've not heard anything. Mm-mm. And I feel no, it's going to be he, great. Your, your planchita is his little side gig. He does that in his free time. I think so. But the thing is, they have a tiny shop, so they have to like, they have to finish stuff and get it out because it's it, literally there's no place to put things when they're done. So, oh well, then they want to get rid of your dumb planchita. You would think so. You would think so. <laughs> and I want them to also so that I can so that I can use it um, and make and make some sandwiches. Oh, speaking so, of dumb, no like, you need there. to you need to discuss with the internet why it is that people are cooking their chicken with Nyquil. Oh my God. Dude. Do, you, do you think that it was necessary that the FDA would have to put out a statement that says, don't cook your chicken in NyQuil? Like, I never thought that those were like, that seems like words out of a random, a random yeah, generator, like a, a right? Word generator. A word yeah, generator. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so apparently the, the TikTok trend uh, was to, it's like one of the, it, oh, there it is. It's Ugh. terrible, but it's, it's gross. It's like one of those. I dare you, dare you to eat it type of things. You know, like it's kind of like the thing you did in middle school where everybody puts everything into a drink and then like, yeah, and like salt and pepper and mustard. And yeah, no, but this is just, this is just pathologically stupid. The FDA had, and it's like the most measured comments I've heard from the FDA. Number one, they're like, don't do this. And I was like, here, and they say, here's why. Second, you put that in the pan you don't even have to eat the ingredients. Like they cook Just and you the, will breathe the, them. The, the ingredients inhaling them is, is yeah, dangerous. Yeah, like the, acid, the acetaminophen and the and the stuff that clears up your your whatever. I don't it's know about syrup. this generation. I don't know about this generation, dude. I, I think that we just need to take their phones away. I don't know. I mean, our generation did sniff glue, so. we Well, yeah, that's true. So, we, you know, we did all kinds of stuff. I think we were taking yeah. like horse tranquilizers we, and in stuff. In the royal we, yeah. Yeah, in the royal we. Yeah, everybody. They, because listen, I was very PG when I was in college. (laughs) I was very PG. I don't even want to ask you about your college days. No, you don't want to hear about them. (laughs) But I think, like, like the the fact that that had to be said uh, is a bad statement for society. As a matter of fact, you know, TikTok made it so. Excuse me. So you couldn't even search those terms like it wouldn't no results would come up. Yeah, I think it's probably time for them to police the stupidity that runs rampant. I mean, good yeah. for TikTok. Good for yeah, TikTok. Yeah, finally. Like, like yeah, yeah, just get the dum-dums to stop making the dum-dums go viral. Exactly. Like, don't don't reward people for doing uh, that kind of stupid thing. Um, so, yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, so where is the pizza pole? Where are we in the in the universe? Of okay. The pizza pole? In the world of the pizza pole, we are down to our final two. 
Okay. And where do those? Where do in those? one corner we have Mr. One Extraordinary Pizza. Wow. Okay. I'm, good yes. job, Internet. Yeah. I, I, go, I'm Internet. And in the second place we have Kendall's Finest Vice City Pizza. Wow. <gasps> those are two. Those are really the finalists. Yes. I'm and people dumbstruck. are voting. People started to vote for real now, like for real. Mr. One is is ahead by a margin, but like if if Vice City Pizza, like if they you know, have that final push, they could, you know, they could come in. So, man, I that's, like- that's really surprising because I would say that those are two easily of the best pizzas that I've had in Miami. Are See, the-, the internet's not always wrong. I mean, the internet does tell us to put NyQuil, cook chicken and NyQuil, but it also says NyQuil, that these two legit, yeah, these two legit pizza places could be the best in Miami. And I, I endorse, I endorse both of those places are, are great. And I'm um, excited to hear that. I, I have, I have renewed hope in, in how the internet, uh, in the internet, yeah, in, in well, the beauty of the internet. If Kendall wins, then I think that we should celebrate. By getting, should, by getting some, uh, yes, some Vice City pizza. A hundred percent. And and think about how different those pizzas are, right? Like Mr. One is is classic Neapolitan. So it's one of those things where that pizza is best when you go to the place. Neapolitan pizza, meaning they, they throw it in and they cook it in the inside. Like the very point is, you know, like uh, that guy from Barstool, whatever. He's like, you should it should have no flop. Well, uh-huh. well it's these, all these, guys are, these guys are all flop. Like that's yeah. that's how you eat that pizza. And it's really delicious. And then, then you have the the Vice City pizza, which is a focaccia square pie. So it's almost like a pan. It's almost really like almost like a pan pizza. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like thick, crusty edges. Yep. You know, uh, it's sourdough. You know, so it's it's really puffy, about an inch inch and a half inch inch and a half thick. Totally different. So you know what? I I almost feel like those could be co either one could either co champions. Yeah, yes. or they could be co champions. Well, if you the Neapolitan pizza, you, you have to eat it right away, don't you? Like you have to eat it there and right away. Pretty like it's much. not a it's not a next day pizza because listen I'll tell you what I do with yeah. Vice City pizza, I got the pepperoni pizza, mm-hmm. I had it in my house for three days and I was eating it for breakfast like I would fry an egg and oh. put it on top. <laughs> oh man, that sounds so good. <laughs> it was so good, like that the pepperoni specifically, or you could get that like the tomato the tomato one, um like the regular I can't right. remember I don't remember the names of their pizzas but like the one that's just like tomato sauce and like a little bit of basil. Oh my God! You just put a fried egg on it, and that is breakfast. You know which one? What I've seen too, and I've been dying to try it, is where they is they treat it almost like a Monte Cristo, like they batter it. You know, like they'll they'll egg they'll put an egg wash on it, like you know how you make French toast, like it goes mm-hmm, through an egg mm-hmm. wash, and then you pan you pan fry it, uh, like cold pizza in an egg wash, pan pan seared, and then it comes out like a. What does are that you sound talking amazing? about? Who does that? Where? And like, uh, think about a French toast. So think about that same puffy, delicious square pizza that is benefits from being hot. Now, he, now treated like a French toast. Wow! Right? That right? sounds good. Well, who does that though? I don't know the internet. You do it. <laughs> Somebody on the internet. I sh- I'm going to try it. I'm All right, you do it. it and you invite me. Get, get a Vice City pizza and keep it for a day or two, and then try that. That sounds. That sounds legit. Yeah, you know I'm experimenting with all the things. The sourdough. I did it. I did another sourdough, but with no olives this time. I know. Oh, good, because olives, olives. Ew. Yeah. No, I did it. I did it with a. I added a little uh, rye flour this time. Uh, there was a recipe that was like, you know, just try to break it up instead of bread flour, just bread flour. I put a little rye flour in there, and it's really good. It's really stinking good. And uh, I think I might just have like a loaf of bread in my my. 
house just from now on like that. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go get some Vice City pizza and leave it in my fridge for the whole week. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yeah, that's 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 an easy way to to put on an extra five pounds that you'll never get rid of. Experience from this job is uh, is the 10 pounds you carry around that it, it, it comes with the job. It's like, oh, you're it comes with the title and 10 pounds. Well, you know why you gained so much weight this this over the summer was because we ate at all the food halls. Dude. Yes, we did. Yeah, Poor Connie. Poor Connie. <laughs> so, if you guys didn't notice, yesterday we we dropped our food hall guide. Um, Connie wanted to revisit the food halls of Miami since things have changed over the last uh, couple of years. Um, so she she goes from the beginning. She starts in like 2015 when the first one started opening, and she talks about how La La Centralia opened to big fanfare, and then La Centralia. <laughs> La, the, the, the 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 thing that I never understood about that particular concept is that it was like a three story Italian food hall, fine, and at the other end of the mall was yes. was Casatua uh, Cucina, Casatua's food yeah. hall. So there were like two food halls, two food halls in the same mall, both with the same cuisine. Yeah, with it the same made, cuisine. It made no sense to anyone with sense. Oh my god! But La Centrale was so beautiful, man. They had like really this was. this private room where they would have like wine tastings and and cooking courses and stuff like that. And then they had like a a room where you could have like a private dinner. And then you go downstairs, and there's like, I mean, there's just like so many different stations. And then they had a rosé garden one summer, and yep. it, it was just you know, it was really over the top, amazing. But you know what? And- those places are those places are too expensive for you and me. And not exclusive enough for the people that can afford them. Right. So it, well, that's then really what it came down to, I think. I also feel like I feel like um, Casa Tua, when it was a food hall in general, mm-hmm. was just more navigable or navigatable. Yeah, yeah it was just yes. it, it was easier to understand. And for so, sure. like, you don't need three floors of food. You just need like one space where I can be like, okay, this is where I get the the salad, and this is where I get the beef, and this is where I get the pastries and stuff. And each is different vendors. I get that. But like La Centrale was overwhelming. Yeah. This place was the most like, or um, Casa Tua is the most to me like Italy or the Chelsea Market where it's like one floor and everything is kind of buzzy and it has motion. Uh, it doesn't look like an empty space. It's actually kind of interestingly designed, you know, and, and, right. the, food is, and the food is good, you know. And Yeah. And now, and, but now it's yeah. just like a regular restaurant. It's not even yeah. a food hall anymore. Yeah, no. So anyway, so we got to we got to go to the the you know the main ones. We we revisited Timeout, which Connie had gone to when it first opened, and it almost killed her. She almost had death by food hall that day. I remember that she she wrote me and she was like, "Amy, I literally I don't think I ever want to eat again." So when we went back, uh, we tried all not, of the. She hadn't figured out the the one bite method. Yeah, the bite, the, the, the bite and then put it, yeah, throw it yeah. away. So when we went back, we got to try some of the new vendors because it's basically a whole, almost a whole new cast of characters at really Time is. Out now. Yep. Like uh, 33 Kitchen, I think, is the only holdover, like from the very first ones, right? Mm-hmm. I think that might be the only the only uh, spot that's there from the, that's been there from the beginning. But I'm they've changed sure. a lot. They've changed they've- their lot. So we went to, like, there's what, there's 12 that she went to? That, no, uh, she that went to, I think she went to six or no, six. seven. Yeah. And so the the one that we all kind of agreed was of the ones that we went with her, the one that we all liked the best was, was Shoma Bazaar, which is in yeah. Doral. And um, it had the honestly, most it has the most ambiance, really. When yeah. you 
when you talk about it, I think that the thing that stood out to me, I'm going to say what I like. I, I like that it had the most ambiance. And I want to say like within a day of writing about it, uh, like, cause I, I wrote a, a little bit about like before she came out with the guide um, about this particular spot. Uh, I was like, who is this for? And it's probably for folks who are coming from different parts of the County meeting up in a space. That's kind of nice. Yeah. It's kind of a nice place to hang out. And, and it's interesting. And there's low chairs and high chairs and there's, I mean, high tops and, and, uh, and there's some couches and, and then there's like a beautiful, beautiful bar. Yeah. yeah. The bar is gorgeous. And like within a day of that, like I was seeing on my story, like, like even some of my family had been like my, my, uh, my little cousin Gabriella was there, uh, with like some of her 20 something friends and stuff like that. Right. Like, that's a good sign. You know, if I'm 20 somethings are hanging out there, then that's pretty cool. So I liked that one and I liked the Citadel. Yeah, the Citadel, the Citadel is kind of a, I, I feel like that place really knows what it's doing. It, it really does recruit good vendors. And I have never, I've never, I haven't had one bad vendor at the Citadel. Like I've had bad vendors at the other, at the other spots. There's That's one true. in Time Out Market that I don't even want to mention because it was just so bad. But yeah. like, <laughs> but yeah. the, the, the Citadel, I've never had a bad meal at the Citadel at any of the vendors. Yeah. The, the timeout, I think our favorite was the spinoff of the um, uh, Lure, which L-U-R, yeah. I'm not, I don't know if the, how, they, how they pronounce it, Lure, uh, which is a spinoff of the Basque place uh, inside of the, um, uh, the, the museum in Alapata, uh, the, the Rubel Museum. The Rubel Collection. Um, yeah, no, that, that place was legit. Everything we had from, from Lure was really good. Very good. The croquetas were, were beautiful. They were creamy. It was like it, was like it came out of a restaurant. You know, like I yeah. thought it was a really nice, really nicely done. And she, she, she had to go to three, three food halls on Miami Beach. And of the three, um, what was it? It was uh, Alton Food Hall and then uh, the Lincoln Eatery. The Lincoln Eatery, right. The timeout market still, still reigns supreme over those two. But I almost feel like Alton Food Hall is just like, it's not trying to be what it's not, you know, it's not trying to be like a, a, a fancy pantsy destination. It, I th- I feel like it's almost a food court. A ghost, it's like a ghost kitchen with a, with a Eden spot, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I like, I was, I'm genuinely curious that, that Dumpling King has, has a spot there. You know, like, I think that that's cool. You know, if you can't make it up to the Northeast, uh, Northeast part of the County, that there's a Dumpling King there. Like that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Amanda um, tried uh, when we went. Amanda tried the dumplings, and she said they were good. Okay. Um, and then you know that's the one that's got like the Popeyes chicken, it's and it's Popeyes, got right. it's got like the wing stop. But it's also remember that's the one that's owned by the guy. Oh, the you wrote Uber, about the guy that got kicked out of Uber. Yeah, the guy that was kicked out as CEO of Uber is the guy that's quietly buying up real estate mm-hmm. uh, around the country and putting little food little kitchens in them and then running yeah. them. Running them as ghost kitchens. Yeah. So when you go into thing. when you go into that one, like you see the vendors that are available. Like there's Popeye's chicken is there, Wingstop is there, um, the the Dumpling King is there. They have a little bar and then they have a couple of other ones. They have a um they have a Middle Eastern food spot too. But oh, then they also tattoos, have tattoos, right? Didn't you like with, uh, Oh yeah, yeah. They have uh is that where tacos and tattoos is? No, no, that's at Alton Food Hall, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Alton. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, that place, the, the tacos was the the standout at that place. Yeah, um, but like then that. when you go in, there's a wall that has a bunch of tablets. And they're like, if you don't want any of this food, you can order something else. So it's also like, you know, they, they serve as a ghost kitchen for a bunch of different vendors too. So you could literally just order something on a tablet and then they'll bring it to you like where you're sitting. 
because right. you know they're also doing that stuff for like Uber and stuff like that. So right. I thought that like I like I wouldn't go to Alton Food Hall unless I was like really dying for some Popeyes or some tacos and tattoos. You know, like you you know what it, that actually makes me think is like there are so many independent restaurants near it that I would rather do something at, even if it was for lunch, like, um, Machilina just posted on their, on their Instagram right. that they're doing like a, like a sandwich night. Oh. Like you, you make reservations and you go in there doing these really beautiful sandwiches. Uh, and, and, you know, Mike Parolo is a, he's a James Beard nominated chef and he's doing like a, like a sandwich day, you know? And, and well, I, I mean, Bodega is like around the corner too. I like Bodega. Right. Bodega and, and Via Emilia, Via Emilia nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been there. That's easily been there uh, five or six years, you know, and, and they do a really nice job too of like homemade pasta and things like that. And, and I don't know. I, I well, think if for you, the money, if you want Popeyes, well, what you end up spelling, exactly. If you want specifically Popeyes, they got you covered, but I feel like it, almost anything is going to cost you $25 now. Yeah, for you sure. Go to lunch okay. 20, like, especially on South beach, almost anything is going to be 25 bucks. So like, where's yeah. your 25 bucks best spent, you know? Well, the only place that Connie like actually threw a little bit of shade was Lincoln Eatery. She was very like underwhelmed with with Lincoln Eatery. She didn't love <laughs> she that. She tried. Huh? She said she tried, but it just like wasn't her. Like if you had to go, if, you know, if you had to go to Lincoln Eatery versus Time Out, she'd just go to Time Out. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 She she did not. She was never enamored with that. With that. No, spot. wasn't a fan. No. But she tried. Um, but yeah. Um there, I, I also wanted to talk about like, you know, we, we were talking about yeah, vegans earlier, earlier in the top. So like specifically you and I thought, I, I want to say it's Jenny Lorenzo and somebody else had mentioned that place, the the Cuban vegan place. Mm-hmm. And we were like, let's go eat there. Right. So like, I, I think that, I think that like we should, we'd like, People are going to be, you know, we've been tagging, we've been talked about that place. And I've even said it. I was like, you know, I need to, I need to go check that place out. So you and I went and we like kind of ordered a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything on their menu. Mm-hmm. And my summary was, was thus. And this is without doing a full review of it. It's going one time. It's kind of a takeaway spot. Like they have a little outdoor area. You go in and it's a little outdoor area. It's a little window. They're thinking about expanding into a full spot is what one of the servers was telling us. And I think it's the kind of place that's perfect if you grew up Cuban, eating Cuban food specifically, mm-hmm. and then became vegan. This will remind you of the flavors of those things. Right. However, if you're looking for a Cuban restaurant, actual Cuban restaurant with the food that reminds me you of your usual food that you're used to, you are not going to be happy at that place. Yeah, uh, you might just go to the place on the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's in the same. It's at the at the corner of a of a strip mall that has a Latin America. Yeah. Which I think okay. is actually, I think says a lot about Kendall. Yeah. And the, it does. the magical kingdom of Kendall. You can have. Kendall is very sophisticated. Don't be hating. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Kendall's is the repository for all the Cubans, the next generation Cubans that were in little Havana and then moved to Wachete and then moved to, to further out West to Kendall. Oh, don't, don't so hate. Like, Kendall, Kendall's just, Kendall's bringing them in now because we got that cheap rent. But no. Cheap. Right. I, yeah, I know. By cheap. comparison. Yeah, I think that like, well, I think that if you're if you're vegan, uh, there are certain things that you'll definitely like. Like, I think that the bowl that I had, the um, the picadillo bowl, it was picadillo beans and rice and um, some kind of a sauce. You know, it kind of reminds you of like one of those um, bowls you could get like at a at, at, at um, what do you call it? Like 
chicken chop. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like a chop 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 thing. And it's got the cilantro sauce. The meat that they use is one of the, it's either Beyond Meat or Impossible Meat. I can't remember, but it tastes like beef. So right. like they season it in that way and eaten as a bowl. I think it works. Yeah, and- that worked. I really like that. Actually, I, I could see myself eating that like on a day when my white girl stomach is acting up and I don't want to eat beef like and nothing like my white girl stomach was totally fine yesterday. I had no drama like <laughs> and and, and, and la papa. La papa rellena. They make a papa yeah, rellena, really which is good. beautifully crispy. The mashed potato was perfect. And then they use that. I think it's impossible meat inside, which frankly, it's it's meat. It's just yeah. lab grown versus cow grown. Uh, and uh, and I thought that that was really good. Like I, and we started with that. We're like, oh, man, this is oh, very this promising. Is good. Yeah. But the rest was like was an artist rendition of. Yeah. No, of, I think the the croquetas, um, the croquetas with the, 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 consistency the ones that were, was was fine. The yeah, the ones that were meant to taste like ham, I thought right. those were passable. I thought those yeah. were good. Like I, I could see myself being being a um, a Cuban-American person who really wants a croqueta. And if you eat that, it delivers the same kind of taste. Um, and it's got the same flavor and yeah. the same consistency. There's something about it that, you know, it's obviously kind of not the same. But I will say this. The one that they make with chickpeas was not my favorite. Yeah, that that ain't it. That is like uh, it's like gofio, which was they talk about. It's almost like a matzo ball, like a little. It was a very matzo matzo roll. It was. Uh, it, it wasn't was not my for favorite. Me. Not, it was for, not me, for me. No. And then um, the Cuban sandwich they used jackfruit. Artist, artist rendition of a Cuban sandwich. Yeah, the they use jackfruit. Uh, I'm sorry, I mean to cut you off. The they no, it's okay. It, they turn that into pulled pork. Uh, they use that as quote unquote pulled pork. They they season it because jackfruit really when you cook it. It, it it's shreds. like a mushroom, right? And yeah, exactly. It doesn't. T- it tastes like whatever you season it with, right? Um, and it's got a little bit of a sweetness to it. Um, but uh, so, like, you take it and you close your eyes, and the, some of the flavors are in there, you know. And I think, like, if you're missing the flavors of a Cuban sandwich, that'll get you close. But yeah, I, the only thing I didn't like about the jackfruit was that I felt like the jackfruit kind of made the bread a little bit soggy, um, and yeah. that's one of those things that in my mouth, like soggy bread, I, I like grosses me out. So. That, that was my only complaint about that. I like the fact that it had, uh, I like the pickles and the mustard, like pickles and mustard and, and like the, the kind of just the, the saltiness of the, of the two different kinds of meat. You know, I like that, but I don't like soggy bread. Yeah. And, and they that, also had, they had the option to not put mayonnaise on it. Right. Which but means it came with mayo. It came with mayo. Vegan mayo, I assume, you know. Veganaise. Veganaise. Right. Uh, so I don't know. I think I, I think specifically, I don't even even say if you're Latin, but if you like Cuban food, if you grew up liking Cuban food, the flavors in Cuban food, but you haven't had it because you've decided to live a live a vegan lifestyle, and you go there. No, I think they're doing you it. Get, you know, they're, you they're, they're getting it. Yeah, they're they're getting get the they're getting the the notes yeah. that you would want. Otherwise, but that said, that said, I don't know if it's for me. Like, I would probably, I would probably just go eat some regular picadillo unless right. I was having like a stomach. It's a no. Day. It's a no for me, dog. Uh, gonna, <laughs> Carlos is not ready to make any changes to his lifestyle. Not, not that one. Not that one. That ain't. That's not for me. Um. So what else have we got? What else have we been? Have we been kind of wrestling with uh, this? Oh week? well, you gotta talk about um, Kush's closing Vicky's. Oh right. Oh, before I go, so somebody commented, uh, Vanessa Bud, why jackfruit and mayo? Gross. Uh, and and again, Mayo. Like I'm sure if Jeff Jeff Hauk is listening to this episode, he's just like he's just thrown his computer across the room. 
uh, at the mention of mayo inside of a Cuban sandwich. So you got to go I'm back. Sure. And, if you know if you have if you know who Jeff is, go back and listen to that episode. Uh, he was great. Oh, but so yeah, so Vicky's house uh, is closing. So Vicky's is that. Um, just to remind everybody who's listening that. So the the guy who owns Locale, which is like a uh, it's like a burger and craft beer place. Uh, you know they do like organic, not organic, but grass fed beef burgers. Um, it might be organic. I don't know. I don't want to say that it is or isn't, but I know that it's grass fed beef burgers and craft beer at this place in Coconut Grove. Open like this little speakeasy next door, which is in line what he does. He has like little bars where you can hang out while you're waiting for your table. Except that this one, you go through it. There's no sign out front. It looks like it's a space for rent if you're on the outside, and if you're on the inside, you go from locale. Through a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure uh, phone booth, and then you're in a replica, a sort of time warp of his 1980s, of his mom's 1980s kitchen. And they serve like old school, big, over the top milkshakes. And they've done that for, uh, Amy, they did it for five years. Yeah, um, that's pretty amazing. And then he decided that, um, that he's going to stop doing it uh, next month in a couple days. So, so he's going to, I think. He always said that it was like it was it was just like a little extra space. It's like not enough space to do a whole one off restaurant. It's just kind of like this little extra flow over space. And um, I think he took it over. He, he said that he took over the space so that he had full access to the dumpster behind it. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't have to share the dumpster. So so now he's going to turn it into um, a uh, uh, like a wine, like a wine and vermouth bar. I think he's oh. like, for some reason, he's like in love with vermouth right now. Interesting. And, he, and he's into like Spanish wines and Spanish ciders, which is kind of what he was doing at Spillover, which is his fish spot over by the Mayfair, which we'll talk about. Um, and so he's going to be doing that. So it's going to be called Victoria's Vinos y Vermouth or something like that. And so that's, I think he's just having fun. That sounds you know, classy. Kush. Yeah. Kush, is, Kush has a lot... I, he seems so like like he's not having fun, but then you look outwardly at the restaurants and what he's doing, and he's having. Oh yeah, fun. he's totally having the best time ever. He's having. Yeah, he has time. a lot of like he has a lot of real designer in him, so it just seems like that that's half of the fun for him, I think. Yeah, so I think that that'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I'm sure it'll be cool to look at and an interesting space. Um, and I think since they stopped doing, remember they were doing the bar, uh, or they had the restaurant Cafe Kush that was mm-hmm. over in. Um, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, Oh, the, the hotel? hotel on Biscayne, the gold, gold rush. Yes. Yeah. The gold rush hotel, I think is what it was called. And that, you know, that turned into like one of these vintage retro hotels and he had the little cafe there, but that didn't last very long. I think it lasted a little over a year. Um, so they're moving kind of like that concept of like a hangout bar and drinks to that spot. So nice. So we'll see how it goes. Did I ever tell you about the grossest conversation I overheard at uh locale? No, please tell me. Oh, man. Come on. One one time. So my kid goes to the school over in in the Grove. So she was at a football game. And I tried to – my husband's Dominican and he doesn't like American football. And I I grew up watching American football and I detest it. So I was trying to, like, you know, be into the high school football thing just because my daughter was trying to be into it. I think she's more into football players. But anyway, um, so we went to a football game. We lasted 15 minutes and we bounced. So we were like, okay, Emily, you stay here. We're going to go have dinner and we'll come back and get you. So we go to locale and we get our table and we're seated next to a giant party of like 30 somethings. These people are straight up screaming. 
And this one girl goes into this whole story about how wasted they like she and like maybe four of the people at this table got at some party. And bro, she tells the story about how someone threw up in the punch bowl. Oh, no. Yes. And me and my husband and my son are like, we can't miss this story. Like, I can never unhear this story. Right. Because, you know, after after somebody threw up in the punch bowl, you know, somebody came and drank out of it. Oh, you just want yeah. you just wanted to ask for your check right there. I just wanted to bounce. I was like, let's yeah. go to Vicky's. Let's can get I, the F out I, of here. Yeah. Can I go through that Bill and Ted's <laughs> phone booth transport myself and go back of, to a time before I heard that story? A hundred percent. I was like, please oh. come and wipe my memory. So I don't now. Now everybody who listened to it has to know this story. Now <laughs> it's sorry. it's it's like that. It's like that. Uh. Uh, it's like the ring where you play the VHS, you know, now everybody has to hear that. Everybody, now everybody gonna has to, to tell that evangelize story. the story of the nasty people at locale talking about vomit. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks for anyway, that. Anyway, we can move on. I have that. I have that image in my head now. Uh, and I don't think that I can, I don't think I'll ever be the same after that. Never. I've ruined you. Thanks for that. Um, oh, I mentioned the Mayfair. Remember they, um, so like, I want to say it was a little over a month ago that they did, that they debuted that hotel. Uh, it went through something like a $50 million makeover. It's got a very specific name that they want used. We all know it as the Mayfair. It's still oh, called it's the Mayfair. Like the Mayfair House. I Don't think? get it wrong. Are they gonna, uh, you're going to get an email. It's okay. the Mayfair. It's the Mayfair. And um, But they hadn't really announced what they were going to do with food there, uh, which is like, you know, a hotel restaurant, hotel bar. I'm not super interested in, in general. I don't know about you. But they got at least some interesting guys to do it, which is the uh, the Lost Boy guys, the guys who just did Fox's Lounge, mm-hmm. and they did the um, they did the restaurant, and they did the rooftop bar, and they tried to like make each one a little bit different. Um, and we'll see, we'll see, you know, whether it's the guy one one of the Lost Boy guys is from Arizona, is from Tempe, and like the whole the whole menu goes into uh, how it's Sonoran. Mexican cuisine, Sonoran cuisine. That's very specific. Very specific. So I, mm-hmm. I like spent like having seen that, I spent a little bit of time trying to like read up on Sonoran cuisine. And then I looked at that menu and I was like, there's, there's nothing that, Sonoran. That doesn't look super here. Sonoran. Like, like not like there's fry bread. There's a version of fry bread that's on there, which is like, imagine fried dough. It's like mm-hmm. bread that's quickly fried and it puffs up, you know, it's kind I of endorse, yeasty. I endorse. Oh, it's going. delicious. Navajo, mm-hmm. they call it Navajo bread. So fry, okay. fry bread is, is delicious. And you put different things in it or you use it to, you know, almost like Indian, like Asian Indian style. Uh, uh-huh. used to like tear off pieces and, and grab meat and you can eat it with your hands. It's delicious. But really, that was the only thing on the menu that was like even remotely smart. But but it doesn't mean it's it's bad. It's I, I hate I hate branding like that, mm-hmm. especially if you're not going to 100 percent deliver on it, you know, like that. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, well, in my case, I don't know enough about Sonoran cuisine to, to to point at it and be like, "That's what they're hoping for." Yeah, that's probably that's, a, that's probably the, I, the goal. I had I had braised lamb. It was Sonoran. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's not what they do. It's it's actually food that's uh, like doing a little homework on it. It's it's uh, f- food that's created in a very arid place. So lots of like long stewed meat. You know, like carne asada. Like the idea of carne asada. Mm-hmm. Um, tacos and that that's really Sonoran more than anything else like that and and eating cactus like nopal in different ways so they do have like nopal fries like cactus fries in on the menu and I'm like alright that's that's two things mm-hmm. uh, but like there's no carne asada and it's like if you were Sonoran and you're reading that you know like if you're you'd be like where's the part, carne asada yeah you'd be like this is that's a key missing ingredient 
again, doesn't mean that the food's going to be bad, but it's at all, uh, because I think those guys can do a good job. Um, I don't know. Just it just bugs me. Like what's <laughs> what's slightly slightly off uh, that that can get that can sound interesting or curious, uh, and then like brand it with that like. Miamians, they'll never know the difference. They won't you know, know the mean? difference. Well, the one thing they do have is they got a rooftop bar, so Miami loves that. Oh, yeah. Can't, that can't that go wrong get, with a rooftop bar. That will get packed. I mean, if there's enough of a breeze, enough of a breeze, it'll be nice at night. Uh, I don't know. Oh, and it's like a pool bar. So, uh, like, I think it's like if you're a hotel guest, I think that's the that's the, that's the the place to be. Yeah, for Swimming sure. Around, splash around the pool. Gets a, and, that's, like a uh, and the theme is uh, is like Bahamian. Which is a little bit of a, which they said is a nod to, um, uh, like the Bahamian background. Of the Grove. Grove. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm sure that it's. I think I would go there. That's probably yeah. where I would go. I'll go yeah. to that to that spot. I'm I'm much more interested in that. Uh, even though it's like it's what you'd expect, you know. Uh, a bar. Comforters, you know, the the food is very like bar food, um, with with uh, kind of a, a Bahamian look to it. Although there's plenty of like just pan caribbean stuff on the, on that part of the menu. But we'll see. I mean like the Mayfair is one of those kind of interesting old hotels. Have you ever been there? I had gone like when I, you know, in the first 5 years that I moved to Miami when it was like something different. Like when it was the Mayfair. Yeah. So I do remember it. I do remember it, but I'm I'm curious to see what it looks like now. Yeah, I feel like even when I went before they'd started the renovation, there was like scaffolding everywhere. Like it was always pieces were being held cuz you know, it's like I want to say parts of the outside is like, is like limestone or like lime rock, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of, and then the inside, it's all built around an interior courtyard, you know, so it's got like that old seventies vibe with plants growing on the inside. Uh, So I think that they kept that character of it, but they just kind of, you know, really freshened it up. So that's cool. I can't wait to go. I I actually remember going um, one year for a Miami spice dinner. They used to have oh, a really nice, a really fancy restaurant inside of it. Um, but th- we're talking, it's got to be at least 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah, a really well, nice restaurant. Well, I mean, if I think that they, you know, if the service is good and and the food is good, no matter what they call it, uh, then then that'll be a nice, that'll be a nice space for that, that hotel. Because it looks like they did a really nice job with it. Nice. So, uh, what else do we have going on? Is there anything else that uh, that we haven't hit this week? No, I think we checked all the boxes. All right. Well, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a guest next week, but I think it was fun to just kind of recap, recap what we really felt about. about well, yeah, I didn't want to invite somebody on the show and then we'd start bantering about vegans for a half an hour. I would have felt really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really I just, wanted to talk about that for a while. I felt like that deserved a little bit of space. And, um, yeah, and I have to apologize that. to my friend, Marilyn. She was mad at me. She's like, why'd you laugh so hard? <laughs> It's kind like, of funny. It was funny. Because <laughs> it's funny because when you recognize something that exists that is actually true in the world. No, I was say, laughing at how fast she answered. I was laughing at how fast she answered. Not necessarily. I don't I don't have any animosity towards vegans. I just thought it was funny that she was like, vegans, like yeah. out the gate. She, she's just she's just been waiting to be asked that question. She's been waiting 100%. her whole life. It was on the tip of her tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Amy, that feels like a show. Feels like a show. Nice job today, even though you got a little bit of a cold going there. I think I got something going, too. I think everybody's yeah, got something. Yeah, I think everybody's got the malaise. Yeah. Well, go get that looked at. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll try to get next week with the, uh, with the guests and see how that, how that goes. Bye.